2: Welcome to the High School Black Forum. It's May, May 4th, 2013, y'all. Wow, this year is moving right along. We're into the fifth month already. Welcome to my Facebook friends, my cyberspace friends. How y'all doing this, uh, well, rainy night in Georgia here in the ATL. Got the ball game washed out today. There's some crazy weather here going back and forth one day. We're playing golf. Next day, we're running for cover. I don't know what's going on with the weather, y'all. They say ain't nothing going on with it. They they uh, they couldn't prove it by uh, the hushmore out here. Hey, y'all, y'all know what we do out here? We advocate on behalf of uh, Americans of African descent for uh, social justice. Not because we don't love everybody that we want to get that in. We love everybody. We're just uh, having to be a part of that uh, community and by extension find ourselves advocating on their behalf. Don't doubt. <laughs> hey, you know, our models to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not a necessity. Sometimes we'll do it uh, louder. We we try to keep everything on even keel. We don't we don't like to get loud out here. That's hard to do sometimes. Now with uh, we you know we with all the commotion going on uh, in the country, that, that's hard to do sometimes out here, y'all. And hey, yeah, we try to make sense of it. Things that just don't make no sense. for our uh, constituency. Hey, uh, Orb, Orb, O-R-O-B, won the Kentucky Derby, y'all. I used to be a big Kentucky racing fan. You know, just a big major uh, the major races there I used to follow. Kentucky Derby, you know, the Belmont and uh, Preakness, those was a must back in the day. At least for me to pay attention to. And uh, got a friend, got friends that go up there to that Kentucky Derby. Uh, to give them a shout out. Hopefully they uh, recouped uh, (laughs) whatever it was that they... uh, Adding wages on that thing. <laughs> I've I uh I've never been much at uh, picking the windows. Hey, we got a call in here, y'all. 588 3814 It's our free call-in number to the Hushmo Black Forum. If y'all want to get in and holler at the Hushmo, you can. We we don't take many calls, but we will entertain a caller or two. Y'all got something important to say now. <laughs> hey, don't we? Don't we all? Hey, yeah, uh, Peter Galvez, we all got something important to say. Hey, NRA, y'all got seventy, eighty thousand people down there in Houston. Their big annual convention. Talking about the president and how. <laughs> How dangerous uh, this man is! Uh, he's gonna take away their guns. It's, I don't know how he gonna do it. Five hundred million guns in the streets, y'all. <laughs> that they knew about. <laughs> I, I don't know how, how he could ever take them all away. It, it's it's uh, simply crazy, you huh? These people are simply crazy. That NRA, I'm a member too, y'all. I've been a member since I was in the Marine Corps back in 1963. (laughs) We had, I thought, it was just a shooting club back then. (laughs) Now I don't even know what it is now. I'm scared to even look. I I don't know what it is now. They got some weirdos running that at at the organization now, y'all. They got some. They got some weirdos running that thing today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't care how many kids get killed. That that's that's not their agenda. Their agenda is to uh pop up the uh gun manufacturers. That's who, uh that's where they get their money from. I mean you spend your time where you get your money. <laughs> hey, ain't that the old saying?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean So uh that that's they they're in Houston this week. They got everybody there from Sarah Palin to uh, Glenn Beck. <laughs> and all the wackos in between, I suppose. Herm, is Herman Kane <laughs> How's everybody leaving Herman off the uh, uh, podium these days up oh, the, the old good old right wingers out there? Why are they leaving brother Herman off? The guest speakers they got all every right wing nut out there, but they the brother they uh look like he's swept brother Herman under the uh rug or something. Anybody know what's going on with Herman Cain? I know he got the show on i, I tune him in every once in a while <laughs> well, listen to that show she'll let you know <laughs> ain't nobody inviting him nowhere. <laughs> Hey, but uh, I don't know. you think he was in bed with those folks now. All of a sudden, they don't seem to have a use for him anymore. They uh, don't appear to be inviting any, uh, any of these main events that there. I have not He didn't get invited to that thing up there with the repul- uh, the uh, religious folks, CPAC. Now he's not at the NRA that I can see. Wow. Brother done slipped. Brother has slipped, y'all. Oh, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Hey, y'all, uh, we, we got a great show coming up for you this evening. Uh, taking off where we left off at last week, we were uh the Covering uh W. E. B. Du Bois, one of our twelve disciples, and our latest work, our twelve disciples, The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow, uh, where we uh uh looked at twelve of our greatest uh heroes here in the American African descent community, uh who uh was instrumental and uh bringing down that uh, uh those uh Jim Crow laws, the separate equal laws, uh that uh we struggled through uh from uh, eighteen sixty five to up to uh, nineteen fifty four when Brown versus Board of Education really overturned the last uh vestiges of world, that thing. Of course we still struggle up in uh, uh through the sixties Uh, mainly due to inaction by uh, the government uh, in uh, enacting uh, the laws (laughs) that Brown uh, instituted uh, in terms of integrating uh, schools, in terms of uh, uh, cleaning up the discrimination in the workplace. Uh, Eisenhower and that Republican administration did absolutely nothing uh, in terms of uh, or acted at the very least uh, at a snail's pace when they come to uh uh tearing down uh the separate but uh, equal uh, laws that was in place in the south here uh, uh in 1954. uh it took uh to up through the 60s there the election of john f kennedy and the democrats to uh, uh aggressively uh 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 restore 14th Amendment rights to uh, America's back and said absolutely it's how uh, uh, the Republicans lost a bunch of uh, black voters uh, uh, because of uh, their inaction there after uh, after uh, Brown overturned uh, the separate equal law they lost a lot of black support because remember now uh, after Lincoln,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, blacks, you know, free blacks, they um, migrated to uh, the Republican Party. The ones that could, you know, down in the South. Oh, oh, obviously, uh, we had a uh, uh, some restrictions put on <laughs> on uh, 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 us black folks at the home place, and uh, pretty much uh, for years uh, was a. Uh, Uh, disenfranchised from the uh, voting place, even though technically we supposedly had the right to vote uh, through the separate equal laws and all the other poll tax and all that junk uh, drove uh, millions of blacks uh, away from the voting uh, booths and uh, uh, out of the political process. Out of the political process. But uh, my family I was born here in Georgia in 1945. My family uh, leaned toward uh, the Republicans for the most part. I mean, up until uh, JFK came along. Oh, obviously, they supported Roosevelt. They did support Roosevelt. I suppose Roosevelt was the first uh, 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 Democrat that uh, caught their uh, fancy. And uh, now getting back to... uh, W.E.B. Du Bois he wrote a, uh, <coughs> a, 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 a an essay dealing with uh, why it was that he uh, was not going to vote in the 1956 presidential election. And it had to do in a, a large extent with uh, the do-nothing uh uh, attitudes of uh, the Republicans at that time and the Jim Crow uh, controlled the uh, Democratic Congress at that time, who was controlled by uh, uh the likes of uh the uh Talmadge, Herman Talmadge, uh uh James Eastland of Mississippi and uh those and that crowd. So in 1954, 1954 when brown overturned uh, uh plessy the separate equal laws uh the us congress uh, uh uh was controlled by uh democrats uh while the the administration was republic uh eisenhower uh, a republican administration dwight eisenhower president eisenhower he was the president they failed to uh, uh aggressively uh break uh, uh integrate uh, the workplace in uh, uh, all the other institutions that uh, Brown said uh, that uh, it should have. Plus uh, uh one of the things uh, uh, about the uh, e. uh, uh, uh concluded was uh, there was no longer two different uh political uh uh, uh uh ideologies in the country there it was the same uh, uh, ideology with two different uh, uh, names democrat and republic uh, their uh, uh, the outcome of their uh, governing uh, was exactly the same as it pertained to uh America's ac descent. There was no distinction between uh, the Republicans of uh Stevenson at la- Stevenson at the time or uh Eisenhower. He said he couldn't he could vote for either one of those rascals in nineteen fifty six and he refused to vote that, that time, had been voting since uh all his life since uh, way back. Since some eighteen uh, uh eighty nine. <laughs> this guy had been voting for somebody. But he, he came to the conclusion that no in 1956, the interest of those two parties, the Democrats and Republicans, was identical. And both of and those uh, identical uh, uh goals was to um uh, disenfranchised uh, black people, and they did, and they did that's just history it ain't no it ain't nothing I'm making up here' y'all.
0: <laughs> hey,
2: we' making this stuff up <laughs> you can't make up history <laughs> you could you can try, but uh you can't you can't make up history no way so yeah, uh he rebelled against uh the political system it cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. Yeah, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, one of our 12 disciples, who we're uh, we're talking about here. We're gonna take up where we left off on his story, uh, just kind of briefly get caught up on current uh, events going on here. What well, presidents in uh, South America went down to Mexico? I think I believe went on Argentina, Costa Rica. He, meeting with the. Uh, <laughs> That American country, uh, he is a state. Uh, Israel done bombed Syria. yeah. hey, done bombed something over here. some some uh,
0: supply line. They say,
2: All right, we're back. I don't know, something, uh, we got a quick uh, interruption here, yeah. We apologize for that. We're trying to, hey, we're going to take a quick pause here uh, and get right back into uh, the current events, and then we're going to uh, kick off uh, with uh, the continuation of our uh, hero this uh, evening, uh, one Mr. W.E.B. Du
1: Bois. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back, y'all. Uh, well, what was we at? We, we were talking about uh, current events here. Want to get caught up on current events here real quick, like before we get into uh, Mr. The Boys, Du Boys, the President, and like I said, is making a sweep through uh, South Mexico and South America there. Uh, meeting with the uh, heads of the state of those countries Um, while having still to deal with uh, a ton of stuff going on here in this country including immigration, uh, the gun um, background checks, uh, just a whole host of issues. And on top of that, today Israel bombed (laughs) Syria. Uh, Well, well, They bomb somewhere in Syria, some supply line. They claim that uh, they uh bombed some supply line where uh to prevent uh Syria from passing on chemical weapons or weapons of mass destruction to uh Hezbollah. Or something like that to that effect. I mean I don't. The United States uh is coming closer and closer to getting involved in Syria, you That thing is it's getting more and more, uh, it's getting closer and closer to uh, some sort of action on our on our uh, arc. The president's uh, got to deal with it sooner or later. I mean, yeah, it came up uh, while he's out there trying to do some trade stuff with South America. He, uh, hey, that president's got a tough job, yeah. That's a tough job because there's no easy answer over, over uh, in Syria and the Middle East over there. There's no easy answer there. You had to, If it was, I mean, <laughs> no. uh, folks would have solved this problem uh, years ago. So no, th- uh, this president yeah, I doubt if he solved them all either in his lifetime. It ain't been done so far, so I, you know my hopes of uh, all that stuff getting uh, solved is uh, is not too high because uh, just history. Yeah, uh, history uh, suggests that it's a long, drawn-out process, difficult uh, endeavor to get accomplished. You, you think at some point that people would prefer peace uh, over uh, this continual uh, state of war. You appear to be in a continual state of war in that reason. For as long as I can remember, I mean, certainly since uh, the end of World War Two and there's only a solution we uh Only uh background check. Bill that just failed in the Senate. A bill introduced by a bill introduced by uh Senator Pat uh Tumay. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania and uh Senator a Republican by the way, and Senator Joe Manson, a Dem- Democrat from West Virginia. These people are supposed to be centrist in their parties, respective parties the Republican and the Democratic Party. We uh did a little article on the on the show here I don't know a couple of months ago talking about uh, the messy divorce uh, of uh that's going on in that Republican Party. And uh we go we're gonna re we're gonna go through we're gonna share that with you again this evening and then uh I'll share with you uh in conjunction and, and well yeah share with you uh an article that uh, W.E.B. Du Bois wrote in 1956 pertaining to the uh, uh, the political parties in the country. Today, uh, what we see going on in the Republican Party, I contended and wrote about here a couple of months ago,
0: uh,
2: entitled A Messy Divorce. Uh, what we are witnessing here uh, today in 2013 in the Republican Party is the divorce of the Heron Dixocrats from the Reagan moderates from the Abraham Lincoln Republicans. That's what we we're witnessing uh, here uh, with the Republican Party. These three uh, factions have emerged, uh, uh, if you will, uh, over... Uh, uh, together uh, into today's Republican Party, Uh, uh, a real crazy marriage, by the way, (laughs) a marriage doomed to failure uh, upon its uh, 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 inception, Uh, it was doomed to fail. In examining today's Republican Party, we must remember that as short as 20 years ago, the southern white population was 85% Democratic. Yeah, just uh, 20 years ago, Georgia, <laughs> Republican. The governor of Georgia had been a Democrat for some 130 years until the election of a Republican uh, uh, governor, Sonny Perdue, in uh, uh, 2003. Before before Sonny Perdue was elected governor here in Georgia, this place had been a, a Democratic a state Uh, for 130 straight years after the Civil War period. What used to be the white Heronvon Dixiecrats here in the South (laughs) have all merged in with the Republican Party, uh, homogenizing it into something completely different than what Lincoln envisioned, I went on to say, Uh, sometimes going as far as 180 degrees in the opposite direction. That the strange marriage was possible is largely due to uh, the white Democrats in the South deserting uh, the Democratic Party uh, in 1968, still railing against the overthrow of Plessy in 1954. and the Democratic administration of John F. Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson, uh, uh, initial enforcement of the civil, civil parts uh, of the law, as directed by a Brown versus Board of Education decision, mainly innovation schools and colleges, and voted uh, Republican for the uh, uh, first time uh, in the nation's history. These are the whites pissed off and uh, about uh, a Brown overturning Plessy y'all in nineteen fifty four. Uh they uh, uh, come to believe that uh uh that uh, uh that uh that had happened now after nineteen fifty four let's uh you know put this in proper uh, context here nineteen fifty four they had a uh, Eisenhower was in office so it was a republican uh, uh administration but the congress the congress was democratically controlled uh, uh but uh who controlled that con- Congress for the most part was Dixiecrats from the South. One uh, powerful, uh, 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 one of the most powerful ones was Senator James Eastland. <laughs> Senator James Eastland, Democrat from Mississippi. He was uh, over the uh, judicial committee, the powerful judicial committee in the Congress. That guy held sway. Uh, he prevented, uh, uh, even though Brown overturned uh, uh, Plessy, he prevented the, uh, uh, the administration from uh, enacting the, uh, those laws immediately in 1954. That thing dragged on until uh JFK was elected there in, uh, in, the, in 1960. Some six years after Eisenhower didn't do a thing, couldn't do a thing because of the Dixiecrats there in Congress, uh, 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 Stonewall and everything at uh, a return pretty much pretty much like uh, what's going on uh- um, the congress today you got a republican uh, president back then as now but a, a Dixocratic uh <laughs> a democratic uh a congress controlled by the uh uh Southern stonewalling every uh, uh Stonewall in every uh, attempt at, uh, uh, implementing, uh, uh, integration. Oh yeah. And, uh, so in 19, uh, 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 uh when Nixon ran, uh, after Johnson at, uh, Institute of uh, Affirmative Action, so-called laws, back in uh, the 60s, you know <laughs> that further uh, uh, alienated uh, the good old uh, folks in the South. So, uh, uh, along with the... Uh, here they go. They they joined forces again with the uh, Northern uh, <laughs> Republicans. Uh, they, at that time, remember, the Northern Republicans teed off at the, the war in Vietnam. So, They really had it in for the Democrats because Johnson uh, was in office there, and they blamed a lot of the the war over there in uh, Vietnam on the Democrats, even though Eisenhower really got us into that thing. Nevertheless, uh, the Republicans in the North, uh, along with a lot of the uh, discrets in the South, uh, uh, voted in 1968 for uh, Richard Nixon. And uh, a lot of them uh, changed parties uh, from that uh, point on. They started, uh, the old Dixie crowd started uh, migrating to the Republican Party. They found uh, some kind of uh, haven there. What the compass was isolating blacks to uh, the Democratic Party. Greatly uh, eroding our uh, power base here in the South, too, by the way. To the extent that it is now uh they uh got back in uh, control of the uh, state here uh in uh, 2003, and some of the same old Dixiecrats is now uh republicans <laughs> uh and gerrymandered uh, the districts uh, congressional districts to uh uh <laughs> to uh the detriment of uh america's African descent here in georgia. Oh, yeah. They they have at those uh, congressional seats, y'all, eroding the power. We make up a uh, damn near 40% of the uh, state of Georgia here and uh, don't have uh, uh, not one uh, Democratic senator here in the state of Georgia in 2013. Something is seriously wrong with just that uh, alone. You can gerrymandered these uh, congressional districts achieve a certain uh outcome for a period of time. Uh over time, uh that's gonna backfire. Over time it's got to backfire because of uh, the change in uh, demographics of uh, the uh gerrymandered uh, districts. So so it's not a uh, permanent uh it's that a permanent uh 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 condition that they can uh, just step in place. It's almost impossible to do and I think they'll find that out uh, in the years to come here. Uh, But uh, be that as it is, uh, this uh, Strange mixture of ideologies uh, was doomed to implode, <laughs> as we're seeing today. I mean, yeah, when when the you know uh strong Thurman and uh, 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 the likes uh, migrated to that Republican Party, those folks was nothing more than Demo- uh, dixocrats. They had uh, their uh, uh, view on uh, race relations and uh, social uh, attitudes was completely different than the Northern Republicans that they joined on the extremes now. Obviously, obviously, uh, they did have uh, uh, some uh, things in common, that is, to keep uh, <laughs> blacks uh, uh, as second-class citizens, <laughs> both in the workplace and <laughs> uh, uh, the workplace especially. Uh, they came to an agreement that's not so uh, much uh, in social uh, interactions in the North. Obviously, we had a little more uh, <laughs> a little more uh of uh, uh access the problem is uh uh the da- the danger <laughs> the danger right now uh to the country Uh, with this uh, 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 ongoing implosion, uh, which was brought front and center, by the way, uh, by the admission of uh, uh, Republican Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, who co-sponsored the bill for universal background checks, along with uh, Democratic Senator Joe Manson from West Virginia. Uh, That day, he contended that Uh, some in his party voted against uh, uh, that piece of legislation for no other reason than it would help President Obama. They voted against a major piece of uh, legislation that was good for the country uh, for no other reason than it would help the President. Regardless of the fact that 90% of American people 90% of the American people are for a background check and was for and supported that particular legislation. They voted for it simply because uh, it would help this president. Not that it would help the country. (laughs) Notwithstanding that it would also help the country, the people, maybe save lives (laughs) of children, if it helped this president, for whatever reason, uh, they can't vote for it. It seems as if Republicans uh, want to change our uh, government of the people to this government for the people, <laughs> controlled by the small extremist group uh, uh, of that party. Uh, that's what it seemed like to me. Sort of a... Uh, 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 What was Hitler's folks called? The Gestapo (laughs) wing of the Republican Party want to control the whole government. They want to run – they want to dictate from that small uh, group of extremists uh, 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 the eaters eaters of uh, uh, the the U.S. government here. They want to go in there and tell people what the government is going to do, what you're going to do. Now, they're going to change the government of the people to this government for the people, ran by them. They are the government. They are the government for you, for us. We ain't got no say-so with it. These right-wing extremists going to uh, minority uh, at that and want to run the whole country. Damn if the president was elected by a majority of uh, citizens here, uh, uh, we still ain't going to go for that. We're going to take over the country.
0: <laughs> we're
2: going to run this thing. Uh, it's dangerous, yeah? Huh? That attitude is dangerous. And we're seeing it uh, starting to play out here. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to the Republican Party because this, this divorce, you got uh, folks like Paul Rand on one side, you got uh, Marco Rubio on the side, you got Chris Crispy over there that they won't even talk to. He's about most uh, popular uh, Republican governor in the country, uh, yet the, the conservative wackos with Sarah Palin and uh, Michelle Bachman and Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh and that group <laughs> of wackos over there, uh, they run into a whole Republican party. <laughs> John McCain is getting squeezed. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, it's dangerous for the country because they can't do nothing. The president can't work with nobody over there. He got nobody to work with. They can't work with (laughs) themselves. How the world a president go work with somebody over there? They can't work with themselves. He ain't got no partner. You're right. John Bailey, I don't know where he's at. He's just a figure here. He can't control nobody. He ain't got no power. He's speaking of the House. He ain't got no power. He can't even negotiate with the president. Every time we try to negotiate with the president, somebody put their foot on his throat. The Tea Party, come back, boy. You ain't we ain't ready for you to do that yet. What's up? <laughs> this, this guy's gonna help this black president. There, we can't have that. So, so yeah, that that uh, divorce, that messy divorce that's occurring right now, was in the, uh, uh, it was doomed from the start. No doubt, it was doomed from the start. Uh, Uh, but that thing now, that's what a Republican Party uh, is today. Now, remember I said that they were a uh, uh, collection of the Heron Democrats, the Reagan moderates, and the Abraham Lincoln Republicans <laughs> is what that Republican Party is made up of today in 2013 all those uh uh those uh, uh groups was uh, uh were uh not uh, win it uh in 1956 uh when W.E.B. Du Bois uh uh decided to uh refrain from voting that year. Uh this is what he said, why I won't vote. Now this is W.E.B. Du Bois, y'all. We're going to get into that. Hey, let's uh Why I won't vote? What time is it? It's about quarter till eight o'clock. Let's see how long we're going to push this thing. We're going to we'll take another break right here and uh, come back and get into why I won't vote. W. E. B. Du Bois talking about that uh, election and the political uh, climate in nineteen fifty-six. And we're going to take a quick one here for the calls, y'all. We'll be right
1: back. Y'all hanging there? You got me to hush, ma.
2: Welcome back to the National Back Forum, y'all. Yeah. It's about uh, 10 minutes till, 8, y'all. Yeah. Wow, hot time flies when you're having fun, May fourth, 2013, y'all. Yeah. We uh, trying to keep up with time, y'all. Yeah. It's hard to do. Time moves so fast. It's about the only thing that's constant in our life, I suppose, if you want to. Look at it like that, but it's faith time stops stops for no man, and it's true hey y'all we uh talking about w e b the Bois, and uh as part of our uh, twelve disciples um work that we're uh that we're working on here um out where disciples the rise and fall of Jim Crow uh, chronicles the the lives and story uh, history of uh, twelve of our uh, most important uh, figures here in, in this country, uh, Americans of Africa, descent that uh, played a uh, a uh, pivotal role in overthrowing uh, the separate equal laws in the country. We picked twelve of them and. Uh, uh, obviously there's it there thousands of people that uh there's thousands of uh, souls that uh, gave blood, sweat and tears on our behalf to uh make this thing uh, come about now, uh, no doubt. We we uh went through just stuff, uh, rolled wh- them down to twelve uh and just sad to tell their story. We need a whole encyclopedia to start talking about everybody no doubt Uh, but uh, yeah W.E.B. Du Bois is one of uh, the 12 that we uh, picked out and right now we're talking about before we went on break here talking about the political uh, uh, environment that uh, uh, is going on here in the uh, country today Uh, and looking at the the Republican Party implode in front of our very eyes uh, because of uh, what happened back there uh starting around uh, nineteen fifty six when uh, W E De Bois wrote this famous uh, take on on, uh, on the uh on the political uh situation back then in 1956 uh, six, entitled Why I Won't vote. That was the title of it. He wrote a little article published uh let's see on October uh, twentieth, nineteen fifty six. It says that on October 20, 1956, W.E.B. Du Bois delivers this eloquent indictment of U.S. politics while explaining to uh, the Nation readers, Nation was a uh, uh, publication, why he won't vote in the upcoming presidential election. Du Bois condemns both Democrats and Republicans for their indifference positions on the influence of corporate wealth, racial inequality, armed proliferation, and unaffordable health care. That was in 1956. This was, uh, was what he was uh, complaining about uh, and upset about with both political parties. Says Du Bois condemns both Democrats and Republicans for their indifferent positions on the influence of corporate wealth, racial inequality, armed proliferation, and Unaffordable health (laughs) care. Some of the same problems we got today, y'all. He was uh, complaining about in 1956 and chose to uh, drop out of the, uh, uh, the political process here. He went on to say, to tell a story. He started out uh, by saying, since I was 21 in 1889, I have, in theory, followed the voting plan strongly advocated by Sidney Lins in the nation of August 4th, i.e., voting for a third party even when its chances were hopeless if the main parties were unsatisfactory. Or, in the absence of a third choice, voting uh for the lesser of two evils, my action, however, had to be limited by the candidate's attitude toward negroes of my adult life of my adult life. I have spent twenty three years living and teaching in the South, where my voting choice was not asked. I was disenfranchised by law or administration. In the North, I lived in all 32 years, covering eight presidential elections. In 1912, I wanted to support Theodore Roosevelt, but his Bull Moose Convention dodged the Negro problem, and I tried to help elect Wilson as a liberal Southerner. Under Wilson came the worst attempt at Jim Crow legislation (laughs) and discrimination in civil service that we had experienced since the Civil War. In 1916, I took Hughes as the lesser of two evils. He promised Negroes nothing and kept his word. (laughs) Uh, In 1920, I supported Harding because of his promise to liberate Haiti in 1924 I voted for Lafayette although I knew he could not be elected in 1928 Negroes faced absolute dilemma neither Hoover nor Smith wanted the Negro vote and both publicly insulted us I voted for Norman Thomas in the socialists although the socialists had attempted uh, to Jim Crow Negroes in the South. In 1932, I voted for Franklin Roosevelt, since Hoover was unthinkable and Roosevelt's attitude toward workers most realistic. I was again in the South from 1934 until 1944. Technically, I could vote, but the election in which I could vote was a farce. The real election was the white primary. Retired for age in 1944, I returned to the North and found a party to my liking. In 1948, I voted the progressive ticket for Henry Wallace. Of course, Wallace didn't win. And in 1952, for Vincent Holloman. Holloman. In 1956, I shall not go to the polls. (laughs) I have not registered. I believe that democracy has so far disappeared. (laughs) I believe that democracy has so far disappeared in the United States that no two evils exist. (laughs) He said, in 1956, I shall not go to the polls. I have not registered. I believe that democracy has so far disappeared in the United States that no two evils exist. There is but one evil party with two names. And it will be elected despite all I can do or say. There is no third party. On the presidential ballot in a few states, 17 in 1852, a socialist party will appear. Few will hear its appeal because it will have almost no opportunity to take part in the exchange and explain its platform. If a voter organizes or advocate a real third-party movement, he may be accused of seeking to overthrow this government by force and violence. Anything he advocates by way of significant reform will be called communist and will of necessity be communist <laughs> in the sense that it must advocate such things as government ownership of the uh – Okay. Anything uh, he advocates by way of significant reform will be called communist and will of necessity become this. in the sense that it must advocate such thing as government ownership of the means of production, government and business, the limitation of private profit, social medicine, government housing, and federal aid to education, the total abolition of race bias, and the welfare state. <coughs> These things are on every communist program. These things are the aim of socialism. Any American who advocates them today, no matter how sincerely, stands in danger of losing his job, surrendering his social status, and perhaps landing in jail. The witnesses against him may be liars or insane or criminal. These witnesses need give no proof for their charges and may not even know or appear in person. They may be in the pay of the United States government. ADAs and liberals are not third parties. They seek to act as tail to kites. But since the case of self-propelled and radar control tails are quite superfluous and uh, rather silly, the present administration is carrying on the greatest preparation for war in the history of mankind. Y'all, Stevenson uh, promises to maintain or increase uh, this effort. The weight of our our taxation is unbearable and rests mainly and deliberately on the poor. This administration is dominated and directed by wealth and for the accumulation of wealth. It runs smoothly like a well-organized industry and should do so because industry runs it for the benefit of industry. Corporate wealth profits as never before in history. We turn over the national resources to private profit and have few funds left for education, health, or housing. Our crime, especially juvenile crime, is increasing. This increase is perfectly logical. For a generation, we have been teaching our youth to kill, destroy, steal, rape, in war. What can we expect in peace? We let men take wealth, which is not theirs. If the seizure is legal, we call it high profits, and the profiteers help decide what is legal. If the theft is illegal, the thief can fight it out in court with excellent chances to win if he receives the accolades of the right newspapers. Gambling in home, church, and on the stock market is increasing and all prices are rising. It costs three times his salary to elect a senator and many millions to elect a president. This money comes from the very corporations which they are the government. This is a real democracy. This, in a real democracy, would be enough to turn the party responsible out of power. Yet, this we cannot do. <laughs> the other party has surrendered all party differences in foreign affairs, and foreign affairs are our most important affairs today and take most of our taxes. Even in the domestic affairs, how does Stevenson differ from Eisenhower? He uses better English than dollars. Thank God. He has a sly humor where Eisenhower has none beyond this Stevenson's stand on the race question in the South not far from where his godfather Adlai uh, stood 63 years ago, which reconciles him to the South. He has no clear policy on war or preparation for war, on water, and flood control, a reduction of taxation on the welfare state. He, he waivers on civil rights, uh, and his party blocked civil rights in the Senate until Douglas of Illinois admitted that the Democratic Senate would and could stop even uh, the right of senators to vote. Douglas had a right to complain. Three million voters sent him to the Senate uh, to speak for them. His voice was drowned uh, out, and his vote nullified by uh, Eastland, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, who was elected by 151,000 voters, y'all. This is this is the democracy of the United States which we peddle abroad. Hey, y'all, this is heavy. <laughs> this is so heavy, y'all. Yeah, this is uh, W. E. B. Du Bois talking about why he uh, dropped out of the voting process in 1956 because, uh, as he put it there is no longer two evils there is no longer uh, two evils in this uh, uh, country there is but one there is but one evil in the country y'all <laughs> with two different names <laughs> and uh, no matter what you do you can't stop uh, that evil from being elected they're all controlled by uh uh, uh the big, uh, big money, yeah. That's what he was talking about in 1956, y'all. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly uh, true today. It's every bit is true today. He goes on to say, Negroes hope to muster, some, this is 1956, y'all. Yeah. Negroes hope to muster 400,000 voters in 1956. Where were they cast then? What have the Republicans done to enforce the education decisions of the Supreme Court? Yeah. that's what. Uh, this is 1956. What have the uh, Supreme Court did? What, what they advertised as fair employment was exactly nothing, and Nixon was just the man to explain it. What has the administration done to rescue Negro workers, the most impoverished group in the nation, half of whom received less than half the medium wage of the nation? while wow, the nation sends billions abroad to protect oil investments and help employ slave labor in the Union of South Africa and the Rhodesians Very well. And will the party of Talbot, Eastland, and Ellender do better uh, than the Republicans if the Negro return them to office? I have no advice for others in this election. Are you voting Democratic? Well and good. All I ask is why are you voting for Eisenhower? It has moved a team of bright ghost writers again. Why will your helpless vote either way support or restore democracy in America? Is a refusal to vote in this phony election a council of despair? No, it is dogged hope. It is hope that it. If 25 million voters are afraid for voting in 1956 because of their own accord, not because of a sly wink from Khrushchev, this might make the American people ask how much longer this dumb forest can proceed without even a whisper of protest. Yet if we protest, all the nation goes to Russia and China, 55, 55 American ministers and philanthropists are asking the Soviet Union to face manfully the doubts and prompting of their conscience. Cannot cannot these duke face their own conscience? Can they not see that American culture is rotting away? Our honesty, our human sympathy, our literature, say what we import from abroad, our only review of literature has wisely dropped Literature from its name, our manners are gone. The one thing we want uh, is to be rich, to show off. Success is measured by income. University education is for income, not culture. It is partially supported by private industry. We are not training poets or musicians, but atomic engineers. Businesses built on successful lying called advertising. We want money in vast amounts, no matter how we get it. So we have it and what then <laughs> is the answer uh, uh is the answer the election of nineteen fifty six? We could make a, a sick man president and send him uh, to the job which would strain a man in robust health so he dies and what we do uh we and so he dies, and what do we get to lead us? With Stevenson and Nixon, <laughs> with Eisenhower and Eastland, we remain in the same mess. I will be no party to it, and that would make no difference. <laughs> you will take large part and bravely march to the polls, and that also will make no difference. <laughs> Stop running Russia and giving Chinese advice when we cannot rule ourselves decently. Stop yelling about democracy we do not have. Democracy is dead in the United States, yet there is still nothing to replace real democracy. Drop the chains then that bind our brains. Drive the money changes from the seats of uh, the cabinet in the halls of Congress call back some faint spirit of Jefferson and Lincoln and when again we can hold a fair election on real issues, let's vote and not till then. Is, is this impossible? Then democracy in America is impossible. Wow. Yeah, that was W E Du Bois back in 1956. Just a powerful glimpse uh, to where the country uh, was politically uh, back then. Yeah, the choices that Americans of African descent phase then was between voting for the Democrats who were controlled uh, in the U.S. Congress by the Dixiecrats or the Republicans who had, uh, did absolutely nothing <laughs> to enforce uh, the decisions rendered by uh, by Brown. Neither in education nor in the workplace. I tell you, folks, this is really close to where uh, we found ourselves today here in 2013. No matter no matter who is running the government, we still have this huge political, economical, and social divide. No matter whether, whether the head of the government is a Republican or a Democrat, even a black Democrat. <laughs> Makes no difference. Makes a very little difference, y'all. Yeah? Until the money changes are driven from the seats of the cabinet and the halls of Congress, (laughs) the actions of the government will always be dictated by the corporate interests. That was 1946, y'all. W. E. B. Du Bois with his take on on uh, the two party political system. He contended and pointed it out correctly. There is not uh, two separate e- evils in the country today. There is only one, with two different names. <laughs> <laughs> that is so heavy, y'all. W. E. B. Du Bois, y'all, one of our 12 disciples, one of the heaviest uh, men that. Uh, uh, this country has ever seen hey, no doubt no doubt yeah w e b Du Bois. we we left off talking about uh last week we was right in the middle of his uh presentation too the United Nations in nineteen forty seven. This yes, he were uh there, he will a wing of that United Nations uh, uh new body had just formed then after World War Two. Of course, his presentation uh advocated for uh reparation really. Back then, this is before Brown overturned uh, Plessy in nineteen forty seven he was asking for the same thing that uh, really Brown gave us. Brown gave us uh, uh uh in that verdict in 1954 uh Thurgood Marshall uh just never petitioned uh, the court for reparation uh, back then under fear under threat really uh <laughs> under pressure from uh the presiding judge in that case not to do so in fear of uh stirring up uh some racial violence as if uh as if uh anything he did would have made a difference uh the racial violence continued in the south unimpeded after that verdict in fact increased, yeah reparation was uh uh, uh it should have been, and still is i contend a part of that uh, decision there. We have been Americans of African descent have been discriminated in the workplace, uh, causing undue uh, harm financially uh, for some 90 years after uh, after the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, Brown was all, about all of that. It's no different. Uh, how uh, uh, it's no different than the case brought by the Nan farmers up in Connecticut in 2009, took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said yes indeed uh you fellows was discriminated against uh based on your a race, and you know any discrimination case coming before that Supreme Court today based on race uh uh uh, uh any fourteenth amendment rights uh 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 cases coming before that court based on race hey uh the president a precedent for that case today, coming before that court, would have to be Brown. Uh, the granddaddy of all uh, separate, uh, uh, 14th Amendment right cases based on rights was Brown versus Board of Education, and they have to use that as precedent to, uh, 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 <laughs> for their case. And I'm uh, uh, sure that's what happened uh, uh, in the case with the firemen there yeah they have to go back to brown that's what that was the uh fourteenth amendment uh, rights case based on race that uh, uh, the supreme court uh upheld uh, or uh, or validated that race should be no part of uh any kind of uh, uh, discrimination in the workplace or uh, uh social uh, uh society uh that's what we should get uh, reparations for. That's what I base my claim on. 14th Amendment rights violations that uh, we suffered through in the workplace. In the workplace. W.U. Boys just pointed it out. 1956, uh, Americans of African descent, average wage was half of that of, of whites doing the same work. We're talking about doing the same job here. We ain't talking about doing uh, uh, apples and oranges here. You know. we, we ain't talking about. We're talking about doing the same job on the same assembly line here. Is what we're talking about. That's how we were uh, discriminated against you. Yeah. And that's what uh, uh, I'm trying to uh, petition uh, the, uh, the Justice Department today to uh, take a look at. Uh, to take a look at uh, uh, our plight. And uh the verdict in that nineteen fifty four monumental you know, case and uh and asked for uh reparation based on that. Yeah, reparation. Uh yeah, oh yeah. Based on that nineteen fifty four verdict. I mean, yeah, uh there's no uh statute limitation on uh genocide. <laughs> There's no such a limitation on genocide, yeah. That's that's what uh, the Several Equal Laws done to millions of uh, our people here. It amounted to genocide, my man. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of folks died. I'm talking about Shunoth sure died during that period. Hey, these a historical accounts, y'all. People's hung and all kind of crazy stuff went on in this country uh, after that Civil War. Uh, we want to be compensated for. I mean, there's a reason why uh, the economic divide is uh, uh, such a divide. Yeah, it's because of those uh, 14th member rights violations based on based on my color
1: yeah period
2: so yeah well, it's no wonder it's no wonder y'all that uh 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 we're where we are today in the country. A lot of this has to do with, and I write about in my book that's getting ready to come out pretty quick, uh, racism and hate—an American dilemma. Uh, while <clears throat> where I take a look at uh, racism uh, here in the country and uh, <clears throat> the curious position we find ourselves in today because of it, because of it, yeah, uh, racism. <clears throat> Believe it or not, is generic to uh, these United States of America. Hey, absolutely. The word itself uh, came into the English language here uh, uh, directly through uh, this country. Hey, y'all, check it out. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. This country uh, introduced the world to racism, it's the first uh, uh, society that ever harbored uh, two completely different
0: uh,
2: races of people in such a controlled environment, <laughs> in such a controlled environment, you know, that shadow slavery here in this country was a different uh, animal than any other uh, slavery that uh, I can find, Uh That went on in history, anywhere. Anywhere in the world. The inhumanities that uh, was suffered by the Africans that uh, uh, found themselves enslaved in this country was uh, unlike any other in the history of man. The inhumanities that they suffered was like no other and humanity are suffered by man that I can find in history. Oh, no doubt. There are uh, some moral uh, some moral uh, mm, uh, some moral some uh, moral uh, problems exist uh, there, y'all. We, that we, that man, me, uh, can't uh, uh, deal with on a personal level. But the man upstairs, <laughs> hey, the man upstairs is gonna uh, take care of all of that. I turned that over to man upstairs a long time ago. When it comes to, uh, and I do believe racism uh, is a sin, producing, by the way, a byproduct of hate which also is a sin, but yet it's still a byproduct of racism, which is uh, uh, part of uh, the subject matter that I deal with in Racism and Hate, An American Dilemma, uh, is the fact that uh, racism started here in this country, produces as a product or offshoot of it hate between other uh, people. Remember what racism means, by definition, racism is a view that suggests one race of people is superior to another race of people. It can also be a system of government that uh, uh, allow for uh, its citizens to uh, practice uh, uh, racism within the society. That occurred here, in the, uh, both of those two things occurred here
1: in this uh, country, yeah.
2: Both of those definitions, both of those uh, uh, things occurred here where uh, the whites uh, uh, claimed to be superior to the African slaves and the government, the Constitution, allowed for it to exist, slavery, that is, here in the country uh, for some 200 years, uh, making the Constitution, making the Constitution, by definition, a racist uh, uh, system of government making this uh, so-called Republican democracy a racist system of government from its inception. By definition, not by something I'm making up here. I I can't make stuff up. I ain't smart enough to make stuff up like this. <laughs> hey, the husband's not even smart enough to make up stuff like this, y'all. This is by definition of the word racism uh, uh, a system of government. Racism can be a system of government. It was, in fact, a system of government started here in this country under our uh, Constitution because it allowed for the enslavement of humans. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, just the the definition of the word, y'all. Go look up Wesley. Go check it out for yourself, for your own edification. Hey, don't take my word for it. It's a simple thing to research and to, uh, to uh, find, your, find an answer to. Racism, an American uh, phenomenon. It says Americana as apple pie. Racism is as Americana as apple pie. It finds itself today in a dilemma that I talk about in my book here. Now racism and hate a 100 years ago when you look at racism and hate say in 1913 we were talking about white people and black people. White racism and black hate. Because back then we would, uh, racism would only apply to white people here in this country you know, period. Now uh, South Africa came about in 1854 but they hadn't got to the extent uh, of uh, but of uh, racism, uh, uh, then uh, perfected it like we uh, had here by then uh, in 1913. Uh, racism and hate would be uh, uh, a term applied to uh, uh, the society here in this country. White racism and black hate would be uh, a more appropriate term. I dropped the white and the black off of uh, uh, those two uh, Turns here today in 2013 because of how the country has evolved, how the world has evolved, how the world has become uh, more and more integrated, more and more uh, integrated here. Uh, The racism (laughs) uh, our racism uh, in this country has indeed spread abroad has indeed spread abroad and affect uh, the various uh, people abroad here today. Oh, yeah, here today. Uh, Remember, I talk about racism and hate. One of the byproducts of racism is hate. And right now, with the... uh, this war on terror, this uh, war against radical Islam, whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. Uh, Some in this country, when they view radical Islam, they view it through a color prism. They they see the other, the person uh, harboring that radical uh, uh, view as a person of color. Uh, they see that the average American racist here today see uh, uh, or view the radical, radical Islamic as a person of color. And that's a dilemma for them, y'all, because remember, as soon as uh, you start to discriminate or uh, uh, or uh, Feel feel superior to someone, you're gonna uh, elicit uh, from those people a reaction of hate. It's just the law. It's just the law, y'all. So right now, uh, the dilemma here in this country is because when we talk about racism and hate, we're not just talking about white Americans and black Americans. We're talking about uh, a world of people. <laughs> We're talking about we're talking about uh people of color throughout the world, people uh white people throughout the world, uh to the extent that uh uh the American racism has uh uh um, has uh one abroad and uh infiltrated the uh, the white communities uh, of Europe. Uh, today Uh, It's not so pronounced in Europe uh, uh, as it is here in this country. So uh, here in this country, uh, the dilemma that we face here is uh, if we look at the the Boston Bombers. The Boston Bombers are, uh, I guess, uh, 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 Islamics, but they're also Caucasians from Russia, (laughs) from Kyrgyzstan. That's Russia, y'all. That's Soviet Russia. That's the old territory and those people are Caucasians, that blew uh uh that upset the apple cart in a lot of folks' minds, even when that bomb first went off the first description that hit uh c n n and m s n b c was that the police was looking for a dark colored uh, uh a person uh or maybe a black male that was the first that was the first description before they even Violent. They didn't know who did it. They didn't know anything. That was the first description. They are looking for a dark-skinned male, perhaps uh, a black, a dark-skinned person, perhaps a black male in connection with those bombers. When the pictures came out four days later of two white people, uh, it shocked them. It shocked them. They couldn't believe it. And they're still having a hard time dealing with it, trying to come up with all kinds of excuses. Uh, a re, uh, uh, connections on how uh, it could be that these folks, <laughs> these white folks, is, uh, uh, can be radicalized to the point of blowing uh, them up, other white people. The Chechnen, uh that come in from this country are considered Caucasians, y'all, when they come in this country on their passport is one of the reasons uh somebody else was getting here because uh, the good old u s a wanted to uh the country was getting to a uh, uh a color uh, form and they wanted to whiten it up some so they allow uh uh thousands of uh, uh, people to come here from uh ex soviet union countries under the guise of some political asylum uh for uh rather nefarious uh, reasons <laughs> uh mainly uh to uh Stock of the country with more white blood uh, is part of that reason, y'all. It backfires sometimes. It backfires,
0: yeah. Because uh, <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember
2: this thing about racism, and, and you know it, it uh, elicits a, a byproduct of hate. If you're discriminating against all these people oh <coughs> you think uh by the way, uh you think is all uh people of color uh turns out a lot of uh Caucasian white people <laughs> and uh uh you're gonna elicit hate uh from them with your racism. <laughs> uh actually uh uh if they're the same race you are you're listening uh some xenophobia a attitude rather than pure racism. But uh xenophobia <laughs> will elicit uh uh I hate bribe product. Uh, also, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's crazy, y'all. Where we at here today? And I try to bring that. Uh, try to explain all this stuff in my book, racism and hate and American dilemma, y'all, because of the fact that uh, uh, the world is so small now. The American racism uh, affects uh, people. Uh, Worldwide. It affects people worldwide, yeah. And uh, it elicits the same product worldwide. Racism produces the byproduct of hate. There's no getting around it. There's just no getting around it. You can't, uh, (laughs) it's like a law of. of uh, physics or nature or anything else. I mean, yeah. And we're dealing with that today, trying to deal with it and so, on so many different ways in, uh, in front here, you. But uh, I don't know how to... Uh, I don't know how or even if a man himself can deal with it. I, I think perhaps uh the country has gone so far <laughs> so far uh, on a, on this uh this moral Im- imbalance that uh <laughs> we're on I don't think man himself can uh, correct it i I just don't think man himself can correct uh the moral demands of uh, the country. I don't think. Now, that being said, <laughs> that being said, there is somebody who can correct it now, <laughs> and, and and will. Uh, the man upstairs. The man upstairs uh, uh, can correct this thing, yeah. Huh? And, and will I, I believe. Hey, y'all, we just rambling on. Welcome to the show, the Hasbro Black Forum, y'all, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer, not a necessity. Sometimes we'll do it louder, although we don't like to do that. We try to keep everything on the even keel out here. Yeah, what we do, we advocate for a social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody, y'all. Yeah. Just uh, by extension, we find ourselves advocating for our community. What else is going on out there in the world, y'all? Facebook friends, what's up? See where Lil Wayne got dumped by Pepsi. uh, uh what was that, Pepsi-Cola? Pepsi-Cola? The soda company. Uh, some about some uh, lyrics. Lil Wayne had uh, denigrating uh, Emmett Till, the civil rights icon. I mean, if you fire Lil Wayne for all the denigrating <laughs> uh, lyrics that that boy come out of that boy's mouth, he should have a he should he should have a he should be able to get a day's work nowhere, y'all. Yeah? But, yeah, they had some, some kind of falling out after back, uh, a rash of uh,
1: uh,
2: complaints about that song from black people, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we need to do more. We need to stand up and uh, call out these uh, rappers for some of the material that uh, that's going uh, into their uh, music. It's uh denigrating our people. We need to put a stop to it, yeah. And I'm I'm <laughs> thankful for all those who did uh, speak out about uh, that particular uh, song. It's not just Lil Wayne, it's more. Rick Ross, it's a bunch of uh, rappers out there, uh need to uh need to pay attention to what's going on in uh, society. Not just uh, to their money that they're making. I mean, God. It's having a negative effect on our uh, community. A real negative effect on how our uh, people are viewed. I mean, surely but the talent these uh, artists have, uh, they can make money by you know uh, and without denigrating uh,
0: uh,
2: our people, our young people, our young females, for the most part. How is it that you have to denigrate our the most precious uh, um, people in our community? to uh, somehow uh, to uh, to make uh, uh to make your music better i guess i don't know uh surely if you are telling me you're just betraying your uh, environment uh you need to put some of that money back in making into your environment and uh, uh get us out of there and change uh, uh your environment yeah, put some of those millions and millions that you're making back into the community to change uh, that environment that you're depicting uh, in your music. If it's uh hey, uh, we uh... got to keep at it, y'all. Keep involved. Get involved. Yeah. Get engaged. That's my motto. Go to y'all. Yeah. That's my motto. Get engaged. Everybody. We need everybody engaged in this uh, struggle, y'all, as I call it. And it is struggle. <laughs> hey, we fight the same struggle that even the boys was uh, talking about. In 1956, we still we still there in that same crazy uh, mixed up place today, you Yeah, we're in that same crazy place today. We, uh, The man said, There is no two evils in this country today. (laughs) There is only one evil with two names. (laughs) That's so heavy, y'all. His take on the political uh, climate in 1956 W.E.B. Du Bois, great, great American, y'all. Great, great American. We, uh, what's next week, uh, May 11th, you yeah? we'll be coming back here. Same time, same, same place, out on Blog Talk, you yeah? we out here on Blog Talk. Great, great medium, too, y'all, I recommend it highly, anybody want to get their uh, message out, check Blog Talk Radio out, you yeah? We, uh, we've we been out here about four years now, since 2008. Five years. Love every minute of it. <laughs> Boy, still some uh, pollen in the air, y'all. have been getting rain trying to knock it all out. It's raining all day here in the ATL, but I'm still uh, stopped up. But uh, surely, slowly, the rain hopefully will uh, take care of the pollen, at least for the most part. Let's get on in the spring here. The weather is so crazy; it's changing. Our Hawks, by the way, y'all we got, uh, got eliminated from the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. The Hawks went down to Indianapolis. For some reason we missing something there. We missing a big man, for one
1: thing. I,
2: well, we need something else too, but one thing is a true big man we've never had. Maybe we can get uh, Dwight Howard to come in here, come home, and play for us next year. We get Dwight Howard in here. I believe he'll be, be a better fit than he, uh, than uh, what he's got out there in L.A. He'd be a better fit here in Atlanta. I think he'd get more accomplished here in Atlanta too. Oh, I mean you may not make the endorsements and stuff like that, but yeah, if you're a big enough star, it doesn't matter what market you play here. You could Atlanta big enough market for you to uh hook up with uh, the advertisement. You ain't raised no hell out there in LA <laughs> in terms of in terms of sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah, you you see Dwight Howard making any real big money no more than they did down there in Orlando. On in uh, commercials and stuff. You can do the same thing here in Atlanta, I'm sure. Under a lot less pressure. He'd do better. Uh, uh, I'm sure uh, the team would be a lot better. He could be the main man again. Unlike uh, playing with Kobe Bryant out there in L.A., he ain't going to be his name the second fiddle as long as Kobe's out there playing. I can tell him that right now. He don't want to hear it, but uh, it's just a fact. That's just a fact, y'all. Hey, y'all, uh, it's about uh, quarter to nine, y'all. We're going to take another quick pause for the calls here, y'all. We'll be right back to wrap this thing up here in a few. Y'all hanging? there. You got me in Hushma.
1: Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
2: That's back for. Us. We just about uh, got this thing locked today, y'all. Yeah. It's about uh, wow, ten minutes till ten minutes to the hour nine here, you yeah. Just about coming up on the bewitching hour here of well, nine o'clock. That is not. But <laughs> hey, y'all. Uh, how y'all doing out there, in uh, Cyber Spay, a Facebook friend? What's up? We do got a call in number, y'all. One eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. There's a call in number to the hospital Black Forum. We don't we don't take many calls out here but we will from time to time. Uh just to uh to uh chat with you all. Hey we uh Wow been talking about some crazy stuff out here tonight, yeah. <laughs> this uh the uh implosion of uh the Republican Party for one, that, that thing's got all the makings of a uh, uh Hollywood movie, yeah. What would it be, a drama? <laughs> or a uh, fiction. It wouldn't be fiction, yeah. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be fiction. It'd be all the way real. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't be no comedy either. <laughs> no, this, this ain't gonna be no comedy, y'all. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, there's gonna be some uh, comical moments, <laughs> but <laughs> this, this is not gonna be a comedy, y'all. That implosion of that Republican Party is not a comedy, y'all. <laughs> That's going to be a drum at its high, at its best. <laughs> That's drum at its best, yo.
0: Yeah. yeah. We
2: uh next week uh, where we at with our disciples here. Let's see we uh we've done so far on our 12 disciples y'all we're gonna we've done Frederick Douglass Sojourner Truth Harriet Tubman T. T. Washington W.E.B. Du Bois uh so we finish with W.E.B. Du Bois next week number 6 William Monroe Trotter William Monroe Trotter y'all I hey great <laughs> great y'all don't know y'all don't know William Monroe Trotter Powerful, powerful figure, yeah. Powerful figure, Mr. Uh, William Mumro Trotter. We're going to bring you his story next week uh, as uh, one of our 12 disciples, uh, The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow. It's the title of our uh, fourth book. That's our fourth book, yeah. Uh, we, we're we're, we're going to try, that's not our fourth book that we're working on here. We should have this thing out in, trying to get it out for for the Christmas season. Thanksgiving Christmas season, so we got six more months to work on this thing. Not six seven seven more months to work on it, uh to finish putting it together. Uh telling uh we over a hero's uh, story. Kinda of put into uh, a single story. Uh these folks will, we're instrumental in uh, overthrowing the separate equal laws here in the country. Uh, uh, and next week, uh, we, we're going through all 12 of them here on the show. Uh, anybody got any input on uh, any of our 12 disciples so far? let us know. Drop us an email. HushmoBlack.com Hushmo at com is our email. If you ever want to email us just uh, drop a message to Hushmo H-U-S-H-M-O Hushmo at com. That's me. Go to HushmoBlack.com my website. You can also leave us a message down at the bottom of that first page. HushmoBlack.com says contact uh, you could drop, uh, drop us a line there if you want to get an input on our 12 disciples. Remember, we've covered five of them already Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tugman, Booker T. Washington, and W.E.B. Du Bois. So far, that's five of them. Next week is our sixth William Monroe Trotter one Mr. William Monroe Trotter will be sharing his story with you next week on the Hushbow Black Forum y'all tell a friend about us Uh, tell a friend about us Uh, and uh, you can always remember go to my website com, and listen to our uh, archive shows if you miss one of our shows you'll be able to find it there on the Hushbo Black uh, website, Hushbo dot com, we got a blog talk radio button and our uh, shows are archived right there. Uh just scroll down there, you'll see all of them is there. Just scroll down there. You'll see how the various ones light up and you can uh, spot about eight of them at a time that we keep out there at all times. Uh wanna go back, we know y'all can't uh, stay out stay out here at one place with the Hushbow for uh two hours. That's impossible to keep people still for two minutes. But what my listeners do, they do download the shows and from time to time when they're cleaning up the house, they'll throw it on. When they have nothing else to do, they'll put it on the... <laughs> and, uh, uh listen to it uh, in bits and pieces, which is good. I mean, yeah, you can listen to it in bits, bits and pieces, come back to it, uh, which is great, which is what I like about Blog uh, Talk Radio or the internet uh, communications. There you can always go back uh, to it and you know, uh, it's just at your own pace, uh, if you will. Uh, yeah. Hey, y'all. Uh, <clears throat> that's just about. Uh, we just about coming up to the end of this. Uh, these two hours here tonight, uh, it's been my pleasure being out here with you all. Hopefully, uh, you all have enjoyed my uh, company this evening. And uh, we'll be back uh, with us next week, May 11th, 2013, y'all. We're going to bring this thing to a close. Hopefully... uh, the rain to get out of here, so we can play some baseball here tomorrow, y'all. We got we got rained out here today. We don't like to get rained out because we lead the hit parade too, y'all. We two and a half games in front of the Nationals, but uh, we didn't play today, so the Nationals may have picked up a half a game. I don't know if they won or not, but we might only be two games up on them by the time the games start tomorrow. But I don't think they ever going to catch us in the East. And the Nationals picked a win that thing. but I don't think they ever going to catch us thanks to a twelve to one start that we jumped off to. It looked like we needed every bit because we got hit a little downturn right now. But then we missed some players in the lineup that we're going to be getting back pretty soon. We're going to be getting back uh, Brian McCant and uh, Jason Haywood in the next couple of weeks, and uh, that should improve our offense uh, quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, y'all, we're going to bring this thing to a close, y'all, so we we'll, won't we'll get started on uh <clears throat> some of the tension here while we're running out of time there. But uh, anyway, it's been a my plumb pleasing pleasure to be out here with y'all this evening y'all. and we will uh, be back with you uh, next week to uh, do it all over again. Until then, ciao.
0: The Hushmo
1: Black Advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Heisman Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.